This message was recorded live at the Ark Church in Conroe, Texas. How many of you guys believe that 2020 is going to be our best year yet? Y'all got it. Y'all don't. How many of you guys believe that 2020 is going to be our best year yet? There we go. You know, I believe God called me here this morning to really encourage you and let you know that 2020 is going to be your best year. You know, when I look in Scripture, I see in Jeremiah 29, 11, where it tells us that he knows the plans that he has for each of us, plans to prosper us, to give us a future and a hope. And then I go to Joshua 21, where it tells us that not one of the promises that God promised to his children ever failed. All came to pass. Guys, I don't know about you, but I serve a God, we serve a God, you serve a God who's faithful, and every word in his Bible and in his scripture proves true in our lives. And I'm believing that in 2020, every promise that he's made to me and to you is going to come to pass. Who can agree with me for that this year? But what I found is, is in order for that to happen, we've got to prioritize a relationship with God. When we talk about relationship, you know, it's not, not a relationship like junior high, Derek, you know, when I was in junior high, I remember my first day of school, I asked this girl to be my girlfriend, and uh, she said yes, and then I didn't talk to her again until the last day of school, and <laughs> that's when she broke up with me, and so that, that's not really a relationship. Now, fast forward many years later, and, and, I, and I'm, you know, trying to get to know my wife, and, and uh, when we first started getting to know one another, there was a young lady in our church who I, I call her the go-between because she would talk to my wife and then come and tell me what my wife would say and then talk to me and then go back and tell my wife what I would say. And as she kept going back and forth, things began to get lost in translation and the relationship just wasn't taken off. And so I made a decision that, you know what, I needed to remove her and to get up close so that I could really establish a strong relationship with my wife. And uh, I guess it worked because now we're going to be celebrating 24 years this year in 2020. So that's a good thing. But relationship is very important. God has got to be a priority in our lives. You know, and, and as I think about prioritizing God and making him a big piece of our life, it reminds me of a story uh, of, of something that took place in our lives not too long ago. You know, I was sitting at home one, one afternoon thinking, you know, what can I do to bless Gia? You know, I, I want to do something first. She's always doing things for me. And so Paula Dean happened to be on TV and she was making a pie. And so I said, you know what, if Paula can do it, Derek can do it. And so... Uh, we had just gotten back from Georgia, and I don't know if you've ever had a Georgia peach, but Georgia peaches are to die for. I mean, they're, they are awesome. And so I, I decided I was going to make her that peach pie. And so I, I started putting everything together, and at the time, our kids were a lot younger. And as I started putting everything together, they started getting excited because they saw the peaches being cut up. They saw all the ingredients coming out, and so they were asking, Daddy, what's going on? And I said, I'm, make, I'm making Mommy a pie today. This is Mommy's pie. And and so I started putting all the ingredients together and putting them all in uh, inside the crust and everything. And I remember the more I worked, the more excited they got because all they saw was mom's pie. And I still remember, you know, taking that pie and putting it in the oven. And, and as I put it in the oven, that aroma began to go through all throughout the house. And, and the more we smelled it, the more excited all of us got. You know, our mouths were salivating and we just, we couldn't wait until that pie came out of the oven. And, and, and I still remember you know, opening the oven door and looking in at that pie. And guys, can I tell you, the pie was perfect. The crust was perfect. There was no flakes out of place. I mean, it was like one of those TV Hallmark peach pies. I mean, it was just nice. We pulled it out. Crust was beautiful gold. You know, I, I sat it down and the kids were like jumping all over the place because they wanted some of mommy's pie. But that was mommy's 
pie. And I still, I still remember she came in the door. I grabbed her things, and she said, what's going on? I said, babe, I've made you a pie. And I escorted her over to the table, sat her down, put a knife and a fork in, in, in front of her, and, and the kids were around her. And, and I walked over to the, the, the counter, and I, and I began to cut the pie. And can I tell you, the pie came out perfect. It was the most perfect triangle I've ever seen in my life. And, and not, a, not one of the peaches fell out. I pulled it up, and I, and I set it on, on, on a little platter, and, and I took it over to her, and, and I put it in front of her. And she took her fork, and she put it into the pie. And as she put it into the pie, me and the kids leaned forward because we wanted to experience it with her. And, and, and so she took the pie and, and she scooped it up and she put it in her mouth. And as she put it in her mouth, you know, this big smile came on my face and I looked at her. And when I looked at her, her eyes got real big and in slow motion, she pushed the chair back and shot off into the other room, into the bathroom. And she began to spit it all out. <laughs> yeah. And all my hard work just down the drain and literally. But she looked at me and she goes, what did you do? And I said, what do you mean? She said, what did you put in this pie? And I began to go down the list. I said, I did this, I did this, I did that. I put a dash of sugar, I put a cup of salt. I put, and I realized what I had done. I put too much of the wrong thing in and not enough of the right thing in. And guys, sometimes in life, it's true with us as well. Everything can look good on the outside, but when it comes to getting in on the inside, we realize that there's more of the wrong things in sometimes and not enough of, of God. And this morning, I want to talk about how prioritizing a relationship with God will help us to enter into our best year yet. So how do we do that? The first thing we do is, is I believe it all starts with the word of God. The Bible says in Psalm 107.20 that he sent his word and healed them. Do you realize that the word of God has the ability to heal you in every area of your life? Who said yes? You got it. Do you guys realize that the word of God has the ability to heal you in every area of your life? Yes. It can heal you physically. It can heal you emotionally. It can heal you in your marriage. It can heal you financially. It can heal relationships with your children. It can heal things going on on your job. It can heal every area of your life if you will allow it. But you've got to make it a priority. I've got to make it a priority. And I can, I, I, God is true to his word. Every word of God proves true if you will allow it, if, if you will allow it to be a part of your life. You know, every time I teach about the Word of God, I always tell the story about how, you know, when I first started trying to get to know the Word of God, how I, I told the pastor, I said, I, I, it's hard to understand. I, I can't understand it. And he, he put a challenge out there uh, for me, and so I took him up on a challenge. I went to the local Christian bookstore, and I walked in, and I told the young man behind the counter, I said, I'm looking for a Bible that can relate to me, that I can understand. And he looked at me, and he goes, I got just the Bible for you took me to the back of the, the, the Christian bookstore at the very bottom shelf, and he picks up this Bible, and on the front of the Bible, it says, The Black Bible. <laughs> Didn't dawn on me what, what it was referring to, so I opened it up. And in most Bibles, it says, In the beginning, God created the heaven and earth. In the Black Bible, it says, Way, way back in the day. And, and I got to thinking, so I looked at the kid. I said, why would you give me that Bible? He goes, well, you're a black guy. I figured you want a black Bible. <laughs> and, and so I share that story because, guys, if they've made a black Bible, they've made a Bible for everybody, okay? You, you, we have no excuse. We, if, if we'll put forth the effort, we'll find a Bible that we can understand. But as you begin to read the Bible, what happens? You begin to come, become stronger spiritually. You begin to be, find encouragement. The Word of God has a way of, 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 of building us up and strengthening us and, and giving us wisdom and bringing clarity into our lives if we will allow it to. 
And that's one of the reasons in, in most of the classes that I teach, you know, I, I, I do make a confession before we teach every time. You know, several years ago when we were in healing class, uh, Miss Joy asked Pastor to write a confession uh, about the Word of God that would help our people understand the place that the Word needs to be in our lives. And so Pastor put together that confession that I've said many times. And it says, uh, this, is the, this is my Bible. It's God's Word to me. It strengthens me. It refreshes me. It's medicine to me. And I love to read my Bible. What are we saying? We're saying, this is my Bible. It's God's Word to me. You mean, meaning, you know what? God didn't leave me here alone. Helpless. God gave me exactly what I needed to navigate these troubled waters that I'm dealing with today. This is my Bible. That was what God sent for me. It's the manual for the life that God intended for me to have. And if I will open it, God will show, see to it that I enter into all that he has for me in this life. This is my Bible. Does that make sense? It goes on to say it strengthens me. You know what? When, when, when I'm weak, it makes me strong. When, when I don't know how I'm going to get through, it gets me the grit and determination to get through. It, it is the source of the power that I need to come against everything that's coming against me. It is the source. It's the power source. And then not only that, it refreshes me. Just like an ice cold glass water on a hot summer's day, this Bible, when I open the word of God, when, when I am parched and weary from all that life's bringing at me, it will refresh my soul. It will refresh my mind. And you know what? I love to read the Bible. Why? Because it's medicine to me as well, and it'll heal every area of my life. And so the word of God has to become a priority in our lives. And when it does, it produces every time. Does that make sense, guys? And so this morning, again, I, 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 if you'll humor me, you know, I, I said it earlier and I'll say it again, you know, because I'm doing this, this might be the last time I get to teach, but anyways, <laughs> I want to make a confession because I believe that it's one thing for me to tell you, but I think it's another thing for you to hear yourself say it. So if you have a Bible, I'm going to ask you to hold it up. If you don't, I'm going to ask you as a church family, let's hold our hands up. We're going to say it together as a church body and just repeat after me, say, this is my Bible. This is my Bible. Okay, look here. Um, it's 12:11. I know y'all are awake. So let, let's act, okay. The, the Texans are going to the playoffs, right? There, there you go. Texans are going to playoffs, right? The Cowboys probably are not going to the playoffs. Yeah. See, I'm a Cowboys fan. That hurts me, but you know, I know, I know y'all like that. All right. So let's say it this morning, like we're at a Texans game. We're watching the Cowboys lose, and let, let's say it like we mean it. Say, this is my Bible. Y'all must really hate the Cowboys. Wow. Say, this is my Bible. It's God's word to me. It strengthens me. It refreshes me. It's medicine to me. And I love to read my Bible. And guys, when that becomes the truth in your heart, your life will change. God will transform your life to something you never expected. You know what? I always tell people, God will blow your mind if you, if you take him at his word and allow this to become a priority in your life. He's done that to me. He's done that to many. Make the word of God a priority. The second thing we can do is, is make prayer a priority. God doesn't want us to struggle. He wants to help us, but we've got to invite him in. Prayer is important. And you know what? Prayer is not something that's mystical. It's not something that's magical. It's simply speaking to God. I remember when I first um, came to God and I was learning about all the things that I'm telling you today, and, and, and you would think I'd have enough common sense to look at my pastor as a source for how I needed to learn to pray. You would think I would look at my mother and my grandmother and learn from them on how I needed to, to, to pray. But, but I'm, I'm a hard case, and so I, I didn't go to my pastor, I didn't go to my mom, I didn't go to my grandmother. I, I actually learned to pray from a comedian. Um, 
he's not a good comedian. Uh, his, his name is Eddie Murphy, and, <laughs> and he was in this movie called The Golden Child, and so that's how I learned to pray, you know, truth be told. And, and so I remember one day I was going through some things. I told my mom, I said, I'm going to go in my room and pray. And she said, you pray? I said, yeah, mommy, I pray. And I went in my room, and I closed the door, and I closed my eyes, and I said, Oh, God, most high God. And my mom, they opened the door and they said, child, what are you doing? And I said, I'm praying. And she said, baby, praying is simply speaking to God. Going to God and pouring out your heart to him, letting him know what's going on in your life. Asking him and inviting him into to your situation. That's prayer. And guys, that's what God wants for us. God wants us to invite him in. He, he, he says, come unto me, all you who are weary and laden and I will give you rest. And so God wants us to just say, Lord, you know what? I don't know how to fix my marriage. I don't know how to get this thing straight. Lord, I need wisdom. I need clarity. I need direction. Help me. Help me today, Lord. And, 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 and Father, give me, give, give me the peace that I need to, to, to handle it in the right way. What are we doing? I'm, I'm, I'm praying. I'm going to God. Heartfelt. Talking to him just like I'm talking to you. That's all he wants. And when you pray... God will begin to move. He'll, 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 he'll begin to give you that clarity that you're looking for. He'll begin to give you that direction that you, that you need. But you've got to invite him in. And also, there's a, there's a few other components when we pray that we need to have in our lives as well. When you pray, you have to have faith. Faith is an important component. The Bible says that he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So it's not enough just to come to God and say, you know what? I believe there's a God. No, there's more. God says that not only that, you've got to know that, you know what, I, I, I want to see you doing well. I want to see you blessed. I want to see you healed. I want to see you set free and delivered and, and, and living a full life. You've got to believe that. And when you believe that, nothing is impossible. We, when we go to God in faith, we take the limits off, guys. Faith is an important component. There's a story in the Bible about a woman. The Bible calls her the woman with the issue of blood. And it says that she dealt with this, this situation in her body for 12 years. It goes on to say that, that not all the doctors that she went to, no one could help her. They'd done everything that they could do. And then it goes on to say, but then she heard about Jesus. And when she heard about Jesus, she said within herself, if I can get to him, I know I will be healed. Guys, that has to be the, 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 the song in our heart, the, the faith in our heart, that you know what, if, if, if we can invite Jesus into our situation, if we can get him involved in what we're dealing with, we know it's going to be turned around. We know we're going to be healed. We know we're going to be set free. We know we're going to be restored. That's faith, full assurance, fully persuaded, sold out, knowing that if God said it, he will do it. Does that make sense? God has great things in store for us, but we've got to invite him in. So we've got to have faith. The second thing we've got to do is we've got to get rid of worry and anxiety and fear. Those things, they weigh us down. They hold us back. They limit us in our faith. I still remember when my wife and I got married and you know, I came from some very humble beginnings. And so when we went to our, to our first very nice hotel, you know, I, I didn't know uh, what to expect. And, and, and it blows me away that you know, here I am. You know, I can pack for seven days in one bag and I'm this tall. My wife is this big, and she has seven bags to my one. I still don't understand how that works, but, you know, maybe that's something that God will reveal when we get to heaven. But um, we, we go into this nice hotel, and, 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 and here I am walking with all of these bags. I got my bag, her seven bags, and it's very hard for me to walk. I'm stumbling. She's 10 feet in front of me walking, telling me to keep up, but she's not the one carrying the weight. I'm the one carrying all the weight. 
and, and I'm walking and, and stumbling and everything, and this guy runs up, and he goes, hey, you know, let me help you here. Let me take your bags. And I remember being prideful and everything. I said, back up, man. I got this. That's my wife. Back up. I got this. And my wife had to turn and tell me, Derek, it is his job to take the bags and take the weight off of you. That's what he is here for. I said, you don't have to tell me twice. I remember giving him everything, throwing it on him. And I, I took off and went to the elevator and went up to the room. Guys, in the same way, that's what God wants us to understand. He didn't design us to carry worry, anxiety, stress, and fear. That's his job. In fact, the scripture tells us that if, if we will cast our cares to him, he'll give it to us. In uh, Philippians 4, 6, it says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And then in 1 Peter 5, 6 and 7, it tells us, so humble yourselves under the mighty power of God, and at the right time, he will lift you up in honor. Give all your worries and cares to God, for he cares for you. So two things here. God tells us be anxious for nothing. Does that mean we can stress and worry about our marriage? No. Does that mean if we get a bad diagnosis from the doctor, we can stress and worry about that? Does that mean if, if we lose our job, we can stress and worry about that? Does that mean if our child or children lose their mind, and go all off, that we can stress and worry about that? Why? Because he says, be anxious for nothing. But he says, in everything, you know, bring him here. Cast our cares onto him, meaning give it to him. And when we give it to him, something supernatural begins to happen and goes into effect. And, and you remember I said, take the limits off? God's power goes into action on our behalf, and mighty things begin to happen because we're putting our full trust in him. Does that make sense? And so God wants us to pray, to have faith in him, to cast off all those things, and then we want to walk confident in this, knowing that God, if he said it, he will do it, that he's true to his word. In fact, the Bible says every word of God proves true. In uh, 1 John 5, 14, 15, it says, and we are confident that he hears us whenever we ask for anything that pleases him. And since we know he hears us, when we make our requests, we also know that he will give us what we ask for. When, when we go to God, we need to be confident that he hears us and that he will bring it to pass. Now, here's a couple of things to, to factor in here. When we go to God and ask God to, to, to move in our lives, we need to make sure it's in line with his will. Does that make sense? And so if, if you're doing what I said earlier, if you're reading the word of God, then you're understanding what the will of God is. So here, here's an example for you. Several years ago, I was coming out of a classroom and a lady that I know she came up. She goes, hey, will you pray with me? I said, sure, I'll pray with you. She goes, I said, what are we praying and agreeing about? She goes, she goes it's really strong in my heart that, 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 that I want to be married. And, and I believe God wants that for me too. I said, I can, I can totally agree with that, agree with you on that. Let's pray. She goes, okay. And she goes, and by the way, that, that's him right there. And I looked and I said, isn't he married? And she goes, oh, yeah, but God told me that's my husband. And I said, no, he didn't. <laughs> you see, God will not go against his will or his word. And so that's not God. And so we've got to make sure we're in the word of God so that when we go to him and pray, that what we're asking of him is in line with his will. And then when we make that request known to God, we've got to trust him in that. You can't do like I've done many times in my life. I said, all right, God, I'm going to give this to you. And then 30 minutes later, all right, God, it's taking too long. Give me that, give me that back. <laughs> no, you've got to give it to him once and for all. That, that trans, and in another translation, it says, casting your cares once and for all on him, meaning Letting it go. And then 
He takes care of it, guys. That's true faith. Trusting in God. Going all in with God. And when you go all in with God, you will never, ever be disappointed. You know, I, I think back to, I said, you know, we, we've been here for about 15 years now. When we came here 15 years ago, it wasn't under the greatest of circumstances. You know, I, I came here for a job opportunity, but back at home, we had hit rock bottom, lost everything, and um, really just not in a good place. And one of the reasons I, I wanted you to all openly declare that your best days are ahead of you is because I'm a firm believer that when you, you can begin seeing that and hearing that in your own self, that, that, that God can, can begin to move and work with that. You know, when we, when we hit rock bottom, there were several months, many months, where I murmured and complained and moaned about our situation. And, and how many of you know that nothing turned around as, as long as I was complaining and moaning? Nothing happened. Nothing changed. Every day was the same. But then one day I realized exactly what I'm telling you this morning. I said, you know what? Here's what's missing. I said, I've got too much of this complaining and moaning and not enough God. And so I told God, I said, you know what, God? And these are my words, and it scared my wife when I said it. I said, at the end of this journey, when I am done, people are either going to know that you are true to your word and you are a God who is so faithful, or they're going to know that you're the biggest fake there is. And my wife was like, you can't do that. <laughs> and I went all in. And when I went all in, I got into his word. I began to let, let him know what was going on, what, what, what wasn't working in my life. And, and, I, and I would give them to him once and for all and just trust him in it. And then all of a sudden, things began to happen and take shape. And then one night, we had a Christmas, uh, New Year's Eve service. And, and in that service, our pastor was led to have the congregation one by one get up and openly declare what the Lord was going to do in their life. And I will never forget, he... Uh, would call people up one by one, and each person would get up there, and they'd say, I'm believing that God's going to give me a brand new car. I'm believing God's going to give me a brand new job. I'm believing God's going to give me a brand new husband, a brand new wife. And, and every time someone said something, the church would break out in celebration, and music would be playing. It was just a great, huge, charged, faith-filled family environment. And I remember as I'm sitting there praying, God began to show me and speak kind of to my heart that he was getting ready to do something new in our lives. Why? See, I'd spend the time praying and reading his word and, uh, and, and, and getting up close with him. And now he, he, his word began to resonate on the inside of me. And then God began to speak to my heart. And then all of a sudden he showed me this picture. And in this picture he showed me Derek standing on a stage talking to a large room full of people from all different walks of life. And, and, and God said, if you'll trust me, I'll get you there. And so what did I do? I got up on that stage. And, you know, in a smaller church, everybody knows your business. Everybody knows what's going on. So everybody knows that we had lost everything and, and that we, we, we'd made some mistakes. And I got up on that stage that, that night and I said, I believe God's going to take me and my family to a new place. I believe God's going to restore us financially. He's going to restore our dreams. He's going to do some great and mighty things in my life and my children's life. I said, I believe that what the enemy meant for bad, God's going to turn it for good. And I said, I believe my best days are ahead of me. And guys, guys, when I got done, that was more emotion than I got there. When, when I got done, you could hear a cricket in that church because no one said anything. And it was so awkward, pastor walked up and he said, well, bless his heart, patted me on the back, said, go, go, go sit down. And so I kind of walked back to my seat with my head down. But I never let go of the fact that God is true to his word. And I held on to it. And can I tell you, 
The very image that the Lord showed me that night was what I'm seeing today. God is faithful to his word. So you may be here this morning and you may think, I got nothing. There's no hope. Nothing else I can do. Can I encourage you this morning? Invite God in. Allow him to do what he wants to do in your life. Get up close. Establish a, relation, a relationship with him and watch what he'll do in your life. Will you bow your heads this morning? You may be here this, here this, this morning and, and, and you may say that, you know, th this is all good, Derek, but I, I don't even know the Lord like you know him. Well, here's the great thing. God, God doesn't expect you to know him like I know him today. All he simply wants you to do is make a decision to get to know him today. You may also be here to this morning and you may say, you know, I've, I've known the Lord for a very long time. I've kind of gotten off track. And uh, this morning, I, I, I want to recommit myself to him. Here in just a moment, with every high, head bowed and every eye closed, this morning we're going to say a prayer together. I'm going to ask you that if, if that's you, if you want to know who, uh, get to know who Jesus is for the first time, or, or if you want to come back to him, if that's you this morning, I'm going to ask you just by a show of hands, if you'll just raise your hand, every head bowed, every eye closed this morning. Thank you. Thank you. You can put your heads down. Just like we do every week as a church family, we're going to say the prayer that we say every week together. Say, dear God, I know mankind needs a savior and I know I can't save myself. Jesus, I believe you're the son of God. I believe you died on the cross for my sins and God raised you from the dead. Right now, I confess you as my Lord, as my Savior, as the one who forgives me and restores me. Thank you, Jesus. My past is forgiven. I have a relationship with you. I'm a new creation in Christ because I've said yes to you. Now, Father, I thank you, Lord, that your hand is upon each and every person, every household that is represented in this place today. Lord, I thank you that there is nothing that can separate us from your love. And Father, I thank you that as we'll make steps to come up close to you, Lord God, Father, I thank you that you will ensure that every word of God proves true in our lives as we move forward with you in the days ahead. Father, I, th I just thank you that 2020 is going to be our best year yet. And Lord, I thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to this message. For more about The Ark, visit thearkchurch.com.